Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's up, everybody? It is the interns from dogman.com. Luke Munger, a perennial intern, joined by Jack McCauley, a current intern for dogman.com and current UW student. Jack, welcome back to school and welcome to the pod. Oh, baby. Thanks for having me, man. This is going to be some fun times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah, with well, so as of recording this, there is one month until. The Pac-12 football season begins. No more appropriate time for us to jo- uh, jump on the microphone here uh, and just kind of share our thoughts uh, about the upcoming football season. And there's no better place to start than the schedule. Obviously, uh, released over last weekend, the Huskies will start at Cal and then they'll host the Beavs in Arizona. And then November 27th, they will have the Cougs in Martin Stadium. Then they'll host Stanford the 5th of December on Saturday. Uh, And then December 12th, they'll play at Oregon. Uh, And then December 18th on a Friday, they will be playing that crossover game. Uh, Well, I guess on Friday, they'd be playing the Pac-12 championship on Saturday. It would be whatever crossover game. Nevertheless, uh, an exciting just update in general. It's nice to see something in concrete that they'll be playing. Uh, and they're starting Jack against Cal, a team that has had their number two years in a row. Um, what do you see in this California matchup and how do you feel about the Huskies starting on the road against Cal? Arguably the toughest game on their schedule. I mean, you also could throw Oregon in there as well, uh, but right off the bat, no time to dust off the cobwebs. What are your thoughts? Before we, before I get into that real quick, I just want to say like this has been an unbelievable last couple months, Luke. Like with just everything going on, and the Huskies are going to play. It's going to be limited schedule. Oh wait, they're not going to play, but everybody else is playing. And then oh wait, we're going to play again and follow suit. And it's just like so crazy to see how it's all shaken out and all that. But yeah, yeah Cal. I think you're right, Cal. I think this is the toughest. Uh, I think this is our biggest opponent on the schedule right now of the six games that are listed. Um, Cal, I mean, they're bringing back a lot of guys. Um, however, they have lost a couple of their DBs, uh, to early draft entry, but nonetheless, they have had a number in the last couple of years. Um, haven't been able to move the ball much on, on them. Um, it's pretty been a defensive bloodbath. Um, two years ago, obviously Hayner with the pick six seals the game last year with the whole, uh, that weird night game with the lightning and all that. Um, Pacelli isn't able to get, uh, foot down in the end zone we lose the game there um yeah just a crazy just a crazy couple games but this year i think is going to be something similar i mean it's uh, we have a new offense this year i mean with jimmy lake first year head coach new quarterback um a lot of big defensive names that are out but yet still a pretty deep squad i still see this being a defensive bloodbath not a high scoring game i bet there's gonna be a few big plays every now and then something that's going to catch the eye but um I really do just see this as a defensive bloodbath. I think it's going to be a close game, but um, I think I think I think this team's fired up to play Cal, honestly, and I think that they are going to be able to come out with a dub just because of the excitement in this locker room. 
a lot of talent. And then obviously Cal is missing some of their big guys from the last year. Evan Weaver gone. Um, like I said, a couple of their defensive stars, defensive backs who are expected to lead this team this year gone. So let's not forget mm-hmm. they are also, you know, replacing guys as well. Certainly. It is also important to note that Cameron Bynum has opted back in. Um, oh, he opted back in. I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, so he's he'll be available, but nevertheless, like you said, there are some losses on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think it'll be very similar, like you said, to games we've seen in the past. These are teams that are, I, I think, built pretty similarly on both sides of the ball. I would say, I mean, if you just, and again, uh, the Husky coaching staff would be the first to tell me that just by looking at recruiting rankings, I am doing it wrong. But I think there's no doubt that the Huskies are an extremely talented roster. They have the talented to pull, or the talent to pull this off, right? Um, I think one thing to note is Chase Garbers is like maybe, and this is crazy to say, but he might be the best uh, quarterback in the conference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just returning I, I, I I... third-year starter. I've been like I think I've been a Chase Garbers fan over his career at Cal. He's smart, doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, he is elusive with his legs. I mean, by no means is he going to go and hang a hundred yards on the ground on you, but he'll move the sticks with his feet if he needs to, and he'll extend plays. Um, last year, fourteen touchdowns, three picks in just the nine games he played. Uh, he is certainly talented enough to sustain drives. Uh, he has Chris Brown that'll help him move the sticks as well. And uh, they have a very solid defense. The one thing that I think is kind of funny starting on the road against Cal, obviously home field advantage isn't much of a thing other than just the travel because there's no fans, but it's not like there'd be fans at the Cal game anyway. Am I right? And uh, there wouldn't be any man besides the band rocking those uh, rugby polos or whatever they got going on. There. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, what you're mentioning Chase Garbers, and I think you're right. Um, not like there's – I'm not saying he's like one of the best quarterbacks we're going to see, but if you look at the schedule, he's probably – I think he might be the only returning quarterback we face. Um, Oregon, Wazoo, Stanford, Arizona, and I think Oregon State, correct me if I'm wrong, are all replacing quarterbacks. Yeah, Jake Luton, um, yeah. Kyle Tate, obviously. Costello, um, Herbert, yeah, and, then and Anthony, uh, Anthony Gordon. Gordon. So that's yeah. wild. That yep. is a great thing to point out there, Jack. Nice catch. Nice catch, dude. Um, yeah, obviously, it's a factor. And, you know, uh, there's Phil Steele who posts his um, college football write-ups every year in that magazine. And one of the biggest predictors of success is returning starters. Cal has a lot of those, and they have them in important positions as well. Uh, I think, I mean, on paper, I think the Huskies are a more talented team. But Cal has a few kind of arrows in their quiver they're playing at home they have a veteran quarterback they've had washington's number the past couple of games i think this will be a season defining game to start off for the dogs and obviously that that's like a i don't know i think that's kind of a given in a six game season exactly you start on the right you start off the right foot like you take off a team that is arguably the best in the conference probably the best defense in the conference especially with oregon losing several everybody uh, yeah right losing everybody right so if if the huskies can come out new quarterback new offensive uh coordinator new head coach and pull that one off husky fans ought to be confident rolling into the next four games oh i mean i mean if you if you're able to if you're able to get cal off i mean that's a big 
that, that that's looking at a Pac-12 championship resume right there. Um, just because of who you got left, essentially, I think our schedule is pretty favorable. Um, after yeah. Cal, and in my in my opinion, I mean, it's a wait and see and see what Oregon puts out there because you know they have a lot of talent on their on their team as well. Stanford, you know, that's always a team yeah. that um could cause yeah. problems. But Arizona, Oregon State, Wazoo, um, should be pretty favorable games. Like half the games are very much so in our favor, especially with all of them besides Cal. Um, Bringing in new quarterbacks and a lot of a lot of different other pieces. I will say though, moving on to the next game. Not that I mean Washington. It's been a while since they've dropped one to the Beavs, but I'm like, call me crazy. The Beavs might be something of a sleeping giant moving forward, you know. And that might just be because of my impartial uh, feelings towards Jonathan Smith. I am a Jonathan Smith fan. But I mean, you look at that roster. They are replacing a quarterback, but they have Tristan Gebbia. I believe a four-star recruit out of high school that will probably be under center. Uh, and then champ Flemings, Tyjon Lindsay and Trayvon Bradford, a pretty solid group of receivers there. And then of course, yeah, Tyjon Lindsay was a, yeah, I mean, they got a, they got a good looking squad um, on, on the offensive side of the ball, but like defense mm-hmm. has always been their concern. They give up so many points um, to us. And that's really where we've been able to take advantage of them. And I think that first game against Cal will be the telltale sign of how we perform against Oregon State. If we're able to put up some points against Cal, I just see a steamrolling Oregon State just because like of their defense and their reputation on defense. Like, yeah, I'm gonna. I can't believe it till I see it. You know, they give up forty to Hawaii. Like, it's just you know, no, for sure, exactly. And it's just, but their offensive side of all, no question, has weapons. Um, Tyjon Lindsay, I think, is a fantastic wide receiver. Transfer from Nebraska. Was looking at UW too when um, before he committed to Nebraska originally, um, but like you said, they got some they got some weapons and they got a lot of they got a lot of they got a lot of different options. Certainly, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, in a way, this is nothing to do with playing style, but their defense just on paper, like, and then hear me out here. They remind me sort of of the Alex Grinch speed D days at WSU in the sense, obviously, again, I'm not saying playing style, but no, no, like I, I they, get they have now. some names, right? Like Hamilka Rashid, like is a guy who's yeah. going to post like 17 sacks next year or 17 tackles oh, yeah. for loss. Right. And then Omar Spates and Avery Roberts, both pretty good. Like they'll hang some numbers, but they'll also have num- numbers hung all over them as well. Oh <laughs> I mean? yeah. I, I completely agree with that too. I think it's a fair assessment to, to make on Oregon State because like dude like bro they're like a smaller they're just a smaller defense but they're quick um and they're gonna make plays you know what I mean um, yeah but then again it's gonna lead to them getting bulldozed in some of the run games especially going up against a big front seven or like front five against UW um where off our offensive line has just been known to torch them on the ground yeah I was gonna say I mean another thing if Washington um yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the thing for Washington there, I mean, you, you talk about uh, Coach Donovan coming in with his pro-style approach to offense. This is a game where if Washington is able to take advantage of a couple, um, I don't know, successful possessions and some scores early, you'll see them turn to their stable of running backs and uh, like try to sit on the ball a little bit. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, yeah, nevertheless... Uh, obviously love having the beeves come to town shout out to jonathan smith moving on to arizona uh this is i think about as good of a pull the huskies could have had in the crossover game um just obviously at home on on top of the fact that it's arizona 
I don't know. I'm like the Huskies went down to the desert, a, a place where they have historically struggled and uh, took it to the Wildcats last year. Hopeful for the Huskies that they're able to repeat that in 2020. Yeah. Um, it looks like they're going to be rolling out Grant Gunnell. Um, he's he, I, that looks like to be their quarterback right now. He's a sophomore. Um, he's rated as the 15th pro style quarterback coming out of high school and yeah, like you said, um, UW is this is they just kind of had their Arizona's number like in, in far recently too, and then they just kind of got a mess, hot mess going on right now with Kevin Kevin Sumlin. He's not even practicing with the team; he's got COVID. Um, I I mean, I just don't. This is not. I don't see this being a trap game for UW, and don't quote me on it, but I do think that this should be a no concern game for UW. But I mean, you might have your worries too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, nothing can be taken for granted in Pac-12 football, but it's a matchup that favors the Huskies, certainly. And then you've got Coach Rolo and the Cougs Friday, Apple Cup. Um, Again, you've got a team that's replacing a quarterback, learning a new system. Uh, Obviously, there are similarities between the air raid and the uh, run and shoot. However, it's never easy to implement a new offense. The Huskies will struggle with that same thing this year. Um, But uh, I said it in my prediction last year for the Apple Cup, and I'll say it again. Like, the Cougs beating the Huskies, I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? It's going to happen eventually, but until then, I'm not going to predict it happening, right? Because history says it ain't going to happen. Exactly. And it's like you look at a new coach, and you're like, well, he's not Mike Leach, you know. Um, Wazoo might be able to put up some points this year, but you look – you you got you can't you can't forget that Coach Rule faced the dogs last year and Jimmy Lake took it to him. Like let's just be real, was Cole McDonald was a really good quarterback, got drafted um, to the Tennessee Tennessee Titans, I believe, um, and he had a bad bad game. Um, it just did not work, and you just can't throw the ball over this Washington secondary, and and that's what I think they're going to try and do, um, like they did last year. Maybe they'll fix it, but um like you said you, you just got to believe it till you you just can't believe it till you see it you know what i mean like yes their defense also you know just known to fall apart against the dogs um certainly and also fact check true on cole mcdonald being drafted bang, bang. The Titans last year so well done jack um awesome then the dogs have the stanford cardinal rolling into town for the next uh, outing, Jack, uh, thoughts on that one? Um, I see it being kind of like a cow game. Uh, Low-scoring affair. Um, uh, what's his name? Paulson Adebayo, the cornerback, right? Um, yeah. He's gone, He's gone. right? He, isn't, he didn't come back. Paulson Adebo. Let me confirm with that really quick. Um, but I'm continue. pretty sure he left after yes, the Yes, he declared for the draft. And, and then yeah. Paulson Adebo was... Uh, he was a conference player of the year contender. I mean, defensive player of the year going into the season. Paulson Adebo is yeah. very good. So that's a big loss for their defense. Um, I don't see it being a terribly high score game. I just, you know, two slow offenses. I think it's going to be another, I think it's going to be a slow. Um, I think it's just going to be a slow offensive game. Um, but Stanford, they have a massive O-line. Got Walker Litter, Little and then, of course, Foster Sorrell opposite of him. Oh, wait, did Walker Little leave too? He did leave. But they leave. do have Foster okay. Sorrell starting at right tackle, most likely. Yeah, they have a former so, Husky target Austin Jones in their backfield. Running back. Yeah, yeah, and he played well against us last year. Um, and of course, you cannot forget uh, Connor Weddington. 
most likely catching passes out of the slot for yeah they got some playmakers they got some playmakers for sure um and that's the thing that's scary about Stanford. They do have some playmakers. Like they get, ta- they get us, you know, they get some guys every year that are just absolute studs. You know, um, there's always a few guys that choose to go to Stanford for those academics and they're total playmakers on both sides of the ball too. Um, but uh, how do you say his last name? Paulson. I keep forgetting. Adebo. Adebo. Yeah. Losing him is such like such a big loss for that Stanford secondary. Cause that's just one side of the field before where you could just couldn't target you know he was just a lockdown shutdown corner certainly um and now you have both sides of the field to work with and with an improving husky wide receiver core hopefully um they could look to stretch the field um i just see it being a slow game though that's just kind of how you play stanford it's just a slugfest you know yeah certainly ugly gritty um and it's obviously nice to have a home game before going down to eugene but a physical matchup nevertheless before potentially a game that decides the fate of the conference um but as we've alluded to the Oregon Ducks going into this year had arguably the best player in college football returning in Penny Sewell uh several talented defensive backs returning as well um and then as of this point in time Penny Sewell is gone Bree Breeze Javon Holland uh Diomedo Renoir, and then, who, sorry, Thomas who did you Graham. have right there? I think Thomas, Thomas Graham. Yes, they do still have Mikhail Wright. Mikhail Wright, very talented DB, a five-star recruit, I believe, out of high school. Um, but a lot of new faces there, you know? And, and you think, another thing that they have um, at their disposal is Travis Dye and uh, CJ Verdell, two talented running backs. However, they've also been running behind the best offensive line in the conference for their entire career. Yeah, you know? but they have to replace every single one of those guys now. It'll be interesting to see. But nevertheless, I mean, as, as fun as it is to talk about the toys that the Ducks don't have, th- that is never an easy game. Um, And I just, I mean, I think, like, fans of the Pac-12 have to be hoping that the, the fate of the North is on the line in Eugene, Oregon on December 12th, right? Yeah. It would be so sick. Very much, it very much so could be. And, but here's reason for that to be doubt because they play Cal the week before at Cal. Um, and I think it's a three-horse race for this for the North. Cal, Oregon, and Washington. Um, I just don't see Stanford talent, um, Wazoo's talent, or Oregon State's talent being able to keep up with those three. I think one of those three is going to be a, a lock to win the conference. Or not to win the conference necessarily, but the North. Um, but I'm praying that, uh, that is the fate for the Pac-12 right there because, uh, I feel pretty gar- darn good about that match, this matchup that we're seeing so far. Um, we'll see how they play out. Cause you know, they do have time That's to justify games before us, but you know, five defensive linemen and then four, um, four guys in their secondary place. Plus, um, their leading tackler has gone from last year. Um, and our boy Troy die. Yeah. Troy die gone. Um, yeah. Except Travis, no gloves die still here. Um, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> looks like a looks like a, any NCAA fourteen fans. Like if you just like pull in your first recruiting class and they just generate this like <laughs> just this random <laughs> yeah, little that's like running the, back. That's what Travis style looks like. He comes yeah, that's in auto running back with no gloves. Like you're <laughs> yes. like who, this two, little two star from what, wherever. That's exactly what Travis style is. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you just look down the roster. There are names that jump out, as always, with the Oregon Ducks. Um, I mean, Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, 
kind of headline a talented receiving core. I, I would say the Washington and Oregon receiving core are similar in a sense. Obviously, I'd say Johnny Johnson and Jalen Red have more mileage than most of the Husky receivers and are a little more of known quantities. Uh, but this is a group that has a lot of talent, and it's just about who steps up, right? You've got Micah Pittman, Brian Addison, Josh Delgado as well to worry about down there. Um, we've already mentioned the backfield, not to mention Cyrus Habibi Lakio, who kind of uh, was a Husky killer in the second half of the game last year. Tyler Shuck, I'll be extremely curious to see what he brings to the table. Um, and, and then you look on the defensive side of the ball, uh, headlined still by Kayvon Thibodeau, um, five-star talent. W- will be interesting to see, uh, with him being one of the more recognizable names on the defense, who kind of steps up uh, as the leaders on that side of the ball for the Ducks. Um, I think, like you said, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and then I think Jordan Scott's the other big name that you got in the middle. Just like they're anchored, de-tackled, de- just super big, stuffs the run. Um, and then uh, they got a linebacker coming in. Oh, I, draw, I just names that tip my tongue. Um, what was his name? Um, they have an outside linebacker who is, sp- is supposed to make some noise this year. They say he's a real good tackler. Um, Adrian Jackson, was- Isaac, Isaac Slade, Matatia. Yep, yep. Oh, Justin it. Flo, incoming Justin, freshman. Justin Flo too, another guy that I bet yeah. he gets some. I, I bet he gets some tick. I don't know about the uh, consistent, you know, starting yeah. snap count, but um, he, he'll get the tick. And same with Noah Sewell. I bet they yeah, both get I, tick. Noah Sewell, that's a good point as well. I would also like to um, correct myself. Diameter Lenoir has opted back in for the Oregon Ducks. Um, so it's Penny Sewell in three starting defensive backfield players nonetheless i mean of course it's still a blow but there's definitely i mean talent on that defense and a few veteran uh, pieces as well with diameter lenoir returning um great so we have walked through the schedule here some enticing matchups um really two fantastic bookend matchups right I, i mean the huskies have the best or arguably the best team in the north to start the season and arguably the best team in the North to end the six game season uh, will be very fun to watch those games as it will to watch any of the rest of the games because Husky football is always fun to watch. Right, Jack? Of course. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. The obvious storyline on everybody's mind is the quarterback battle. Um, however, that was it. we like to go off the beaten path a little bit. There are position battles and not necessarily for the starting spot, but just playing time battles happening all over the field. Uh, so we're going to talk about some other exciting ones. Uh, so Jack putting you on the spot here off the top of your head, are there any interesting uh, Um, position groups that you're excited to see how the pecking order shakes out over the course of October? Um, yeah, a couple of position groups though that I was looking at, um, I think offensive line is another big one. Um, you know, you lose some guys there, and I think it's going to be a real. Uh, there's a, and there's a lot of depth, which is the thing too, which makes it interesting, mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of there's guys who you could easily see step up, and a number of them. 
Um, it's not just like, oh, one or two guys that's a quick replace. I think there's three or four guys um, who can replace there. And I think one of the guys that I really like seeing stepping up this year is Victor Kern. Um, he'll be a redshirt sophomore out of Houston, Texas. Just I think he could take over the tackle spot um, on, the, on the right tackle spot uh, with those long arms. We saw him last year, and he looked very, very good in the um, Las Vegas Bowl against Boise State. Certainly. The thing that's interesting is, so you have three starting spots to replace. However, there are four guys on the offensive line who have started games for the University of Washington, right? So you look at Jackson Kirkland, obviously, uh, has been a two-year starter at right guard. Luke Wattenberg has started mostly at left guard. He's also played left tackle. Mateo Mele has started at center, uh, namely in the Arizona game when Nick Harris was hurt uh, last year. Um, he's also a guy, though, who's played left tackle, at least in practice. Uh, I, I'll have to check again to see if he's actually entered the game at left tackle in the past. Uh, then moving on, Henry Bainivalu, uh has started at right guard for the Dogs twice last year. He's played left tackle in his career as well. The other thing I wanted to mention was the position versatility. Uh, that the Huskies have in their offensive line group. As you mentioned, uh, or as I was kind of alluding to, Mateo Mele and Henry Bainivalu and Luke Wattenberg, all guys you expect to start this year, are will be starting at positions that aren't left tackle, but they've gotten tick at left tackle in the past. You know? Yeah. I just think yes. that's interesting. Jackson Kirkland, uh, it sounds like, I mean, if you read the dogman.com position previews, uh, which you're crazy if you don't, uh, Scott and the gang have uh, believe it'll be Jackson Kirkland that'll be rolling out at left tackle. Uh, obviously, he has the size to be a prototypical NFL blindside protector, um, but he's a guy who's played right guard throughout his career. Vic Kern has kind of the like, I don't know, he has the uh, like road grader physiotype of an off it like an interior offensive lineman, but he has the length of a tackle as well. You know, I mean, there are some interesting um, people to consider here along the offensive line. I'd say the last one that's really exciting to see how he's going to turn out is MJ Ale, uh, just an enormous individual, a fantastic athlete, a rugby player, um, tipping the scale at 340 plus pounds. Yeah. He'll be an exciting guy to watch for the dogs along the offensive line. Yeah. Um... I think I think the offensive line is one going to be the more interesting positional battles, even though it isn't as sexy, you'd say, um, just because there's a lot of guys, like you said, that could just step up and um, go to work. And I also think um, I, th- I think Kirkland is going to have to play a real big role in this team because, like you said, Scott's been saying saying he'll be rolling out left tackle, and you most that's the most important position, you know, in uh, on the offensive line because you got some big, you got some really good D ends on this in this Pac-12 with. Um, Obviously Thibodeau, and then uh, the guy from Oregon State. I'm blanking on his name. Um, it's been a while. Man. Oh, Hamilton uh, Rashid. Yeah, one of the best in the nation. And then yeah. Cal obviously puts out a great um, front seven. So um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be for sure and big role to fill considering the guys we've had in the past or that depth or the stability we've had in the past. Absolutely. Um, but um, and I think him and Wattenberg are going to be the two anchors of this. Team. Yes, 
Yeah, I was going to say Luke Wattenberg is another guy you have to look to. I mean, left tackle, obviously, is the sexiest position on the defensive line, right? I would say the unsung hero on the defensive line is your center. Luke Wattenberg has been left guard for the Huskies, uh, but is a guy that a lot of people think will make the slide over going into his fifth year at the University of Washington. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, Luke in that role as well. One thing that I think is also kind of an unsung hero role that has existed on the Washington line recently is kind of what I call the sixth man of the offensive line. I think back about like Andrew Kirkland in the past is a yeah, guy who yeah. can come in and play essentially anywhere on the offensive line. Henry Bainivalu has gotten a lot of playing time over his uh, redshirt freshman and redshirt sophomore year without being a, a consistent starter. Um, MJ Ole is in an interesting position. He started in uh, games for the Huskies in the past, but he might be kind of the odd man out in the sense that you expect to have Jackson Kirkland over at left tackle. There have been talks of Luke Wattenberg moving to center. And who knows? I mean, Mateo Mele is a great athlete, and he's played a lot for the dogs. But he's a guy that could kind of fill that role where you could have him play in the interior. You could have him play outside at one of the tackle positions. Uh, another guy to consider there. I agree. Um, I think I like you were saying. Um, I think Henry Bainaval is another key piece in this because he can he can rotate anywhere, so you could plug in those holes necessarily where uh, where it's lacking at the beginning. And it's definitely going to be one of those trial and error years, just because you know not much practice, and then obviously first first game with a lot of new pieces. So it's going to be weird, interesting to see. Absolutely. Awesome. Moving on. Uh, we could talk about the offensive line all day. Believe me when I say that. Uh, but another group that I'm extremely excited to see uh, is kind of how the linebacking, like the linebacker core shakes out for the Huskies, uh, specifically inside. But I think we could talk outside as well. Um, but you have kind of two guys that have gotten the most playing time of the returners. That, of course, is Edifuan Ulafoshio, who I think will be a staple of this Husky defense. I also think Jackson Sermon will probably have that second starting spot. I mean, I think he's probably just, I mean, the odds on favorite if I were a betting man. Nevertheless, I think what's more exciting is just how much the Huskies tend to rotate people in, uh, both on the defensive line and with their linebackers. Who are going to be those guys that play behind Eddie and Jackson Sermon and, and are getting 20, 25 defensive snaps a game? Yeah, they got a, uh, Coach Lake's been saying that this linebacker group is one of the deepest groups, if not one, if not the deepest group uh, on the, the, you know, the university of Washington football team. And so it'll be kind of crazy to see, you know, who's able to step up because I think, like you said, uh, Ula Foscio, he's a known quantity. Jack Sermon's a known quantity. They both played terrific um, last year, but you could got, you could see guys, uh, stepping up like MJ Tafisi stepping up and playing a big role or um, who's I going to say? I think Carson Bruner, Coop McDonald are also another guys that could step up if needed to be. Um, I both love those guys out of high school, Daniel Hamuli, mm-hmm. Josh Calvert, Miki Ayu. Um, it's just an incredibly deep group, but I think, I think Daniel Hamuli is the guy who has the most breakout potential in this group. Cause just because of a, what a pure athlete he was, four-star recruit at Menlo Park High School. Um, and I think he has the potential to make a lot of noise just because of how quick and how hard he hits. Yeah, I, I think it'll be super exciting to see 
just how they rotate bodies in there, kind of moving outside, just kind of looping in the entire defensive front here. And another thing that's interesting, uh, if you heard on the uh, first Coach Lake show with Tony Castricone, actually, or it might have been Husky Football Saturdays. I can't remember which it was, but uh, Ryan Bowman mentioned to Tony that he was a lean 280 pounds uh, and that he would be playing all along the defensive front, right? So you think about the implications of what that means for kind of the edge rushers at the University of Washington, as well as the interior defensive line. You have Josiah Bronson returning at defensive tackle. Of course, you have Sam Taimani and Tuli, Latuli Nasanoa. Um, but as Ryan Bowman, a guy that's going to be uh, playing with his hand in the ground more often. Uh, and what does that mean for the youngsters around him, such as Zion Tupul of Fatui, Liatu Latu, and Savelle Smalls? Yeah, um, I think I think you made an interesting point too with um, what Bowman said about being 280. I mean, I think that you could see him in kind of like in a bending Potawai role um, from last year. I don't know if that's a fair comparison or not. Yeah, um, I like it. But I think we'll get a little quicker on the outside, um, maybe – you know, quick or and quicker in the middle as well, um, which means you could see. Which that means is you could see a lot of uh, a lot of guys who haven't seen too much tick. Like I think Zion Tupatala Fatui um, is a guy who could see some tick this year. He's been playing very well in practice. Six three two seventy. I think we'll see him on the outside. Some. I think another guy who could come in and play. Um, this is a pretty big hot take. I'm not saying a impact kind of guy. But I'm saying a guy who could get a couple snaps is Jordan Lolia. Um, oh, you know, yeah. he's on his mission two, for two years, and he's coming in as a freshman. I could see him. He's got the he's got the size to come in and play right away. And uh, as he's you know the same age as most of these juniors here, so I think he could play some. And then another guy I really expect to step step up. And I think this is um, I'm pretty sure this guy was on your list as well was Leatu Latu. Um, Certainly, um, one of the bigger noisemakers on this defense. Uh, what about you? Who are you liking? Yeah, I think all of the guys you mentioned uh, are, are exciting entities for the University of Washington. Um, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see just kind of how they rotate guys in. I think not only on the outside, but inside as well. Um, I, I mean, you talk about just kind of continuity. Sam Taimani and Tuli Latuli Nasanoa have played so much together. Do you roll out Ryan Bowman and Josiah Bronson to start the season off, right? Or do you want Ryan Bowman kind of playing more on the edge early downs, uh, like 280 pounds? I mean, obviously, Ryan Bowman is incredibly strong. Uh, but when you have several people tipping the scales at like 315, would you rather have those fellas in the middle on early down situations? And then when it gets into third in medium or long, you have Ryan Bowman playing with his hand in the ground. And then you have like Liatu Latu or Savelle Smalls uh, or any of the others that you've mentioned. I think it'll be interesting to see there. Um, I'm extremely excited to see also the freshmen, like red shirt freshmen on the defensive line. Yeah. What does Jacob Bandis look like after a year on campus? How about Fatui Tui Tele? I'm excited to see Noah Nagalu and just the rest of those fellas uh, in the front. And um, I think, I think you hit it there with uh, Bowman on third and, third and medium, third and long. I think he'll be, that's when I think he'll get his hand on the ground, you know, um, able to sink back um, in coverage, maybe a tiny bit if they need him to with some funky play designs. Um, Cause I think on third and short, you know, first downs, you can be seeing Taki, Taki Taimani, uh, Tui Latui Nasanoa. Um, I think those are going to be the guys in the middle along with uh, Josiah Bronson. I think those guys will switch it out. 
Um, and then getting, obviously, like you said, Fatu Ichele, um and Jacob Bandis, uh, maybe a little bit of no Nagala. I don't think he's quite there yet because this is a very deep group. Um, I see those guys getting in the ground third and short, third and long. And then Bowman, um, I think he's going to be playing a lot this year. I think he's probably going to be um, playing the most on the defensive line, even though they like to switch it up. I see him getting a lot of minutes. Certainly. Yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting to monitor all of those situations. Uh, so we've kind of talked about the defensive front. Um, Jack, do you have another group that you're excited to look at heading into? I mean, you can't talk about the defense without mentioning the DBs. So yeah. might as well go there because um, this is a young group, and I and they played excellent last year, but I think they take an even bigger step up this year. And what could possibly be one of the best Husky defenses We've seen, I think, obviously the hurt, the loss of Levi and Tryon hurt, but um, I think the secondary is going to be outstanding, and it starts in the back, and I think we see a lot of great plays again from Trent McDuffie, but the guy I'm really excited about is Asa Turner. Um, they showed some Husky football Twitter, released some pictures of him yesterday running out of the tunnel, whatever, and he looked big. Um, oh, and yeah. Like a, and like a fast big, too. Not like a, not like a heavy big, but a powerful cut you know all over the field big yeah i've always wanted to like tweet pictures that the huskies tweet of ace right? Turner and be like here's your like here's your weekly reminder that notre dame fans thought the huskies would have a hard time keeping him at a defensive back size i mean obviously he's incredibly strong but he's he's built like a gazelle you know what i mean like he's yeah. long and athletic not the linebackers can't be long and athletic but he looks he looks like a fantastic uh like prototypical safety uh that can i don't know get it done on a variety of different levels on the defense um and then obviously you can't mention this defensive backfield without mentioning one of the favorites for pac-12 defensive player of the year elijah molden i mean every time i look at what elijah molden did last year my mind becomes more blown at 79 tackles five and a half tackles for a loss picked off four passes uh broke up 17 passes and forced three fumbles. I mean, just right. ridiculous stuff. And um, who, who knows what he's capable of next year. And the hard thing is it's hard to post numbers if people are trying to keep the ball away from you. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but he's so active in kind of that nickel role. I mean, he's close enough to the ball that he comes up and makes plays in the backfield. Uh, yeah. And, and he flies all over the place. Uh, I'm very excited to see what uh, fourth year Elijah Molden looks like. I, I mean, last he's such a silent player too. You know, you don't notice him until he makes a big play. But that's just because of how consistent he is. You know, never makes a mistake. One of the sure tacklers in the conference, no question. Um, not, doesn't let any big plays by him. Um, just the just the rock of this defensive back unit that's outstanding. And another guy that's also pretty quiet um, who could have a fantastic year as well as Keith Taylor. You know, mm-hmm. coming into his senior year, he had a good season last year, but I think he could there's room for improvement for sure. Like there's a lot of flashes this year where you could be at an elite level and hopefully he reaches it this year because this is, um, this DB unit is, uh, could be the best one we've seen in, which is scary to say, like scary to say, but it could be the best one we've seen since the Peterson era. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think the talent is, is something to behold. Uh, and then he mentioned the returning sophomores, Cam Williams and Trent McDuffie. It, it'll be, extremely exciting stuff. I think one of the things that's also great to behold about the secondary is the guys that are there that won't start necessarily, you know, like you have 
the likes of Alex Cook or Brandon McKinney, who is a fourth year player at UW who has logged 40 plus games over his Washington career. And then of course, Kyler Gordon, arguably the best athlete on the team is another guy who, who will get a ton of playing time, especially as Washington goes into their dime and quarter packages. But uh, yeah, it, it's truly sensational. The depth that they bring to the table. Right. Um, and then you also, uh, Cam Williams, just another guy who's made a lot of plays last year, did an incredible job as a true freshman. And I mean, you, you can talk about this defensive backfield all day, really. But I think I think now we got to head on to the quarterback position, man. Um, this is this is obviously the battle everyone's most curious about. And it, and what Jimmy Lake's saying, there could be multiple guys coming out uh, day one. So if there's a guy you like, who is it? Yeah. So just to kind of briefly go over, I mean, Jimmy said that it's a four horse race right now. You yeah. have Jacob Sermon, who's been in the program the longest. Kevin Thompson, who's played the most college football. Uh, you have two four star quarterbacks that are younger redshirt freshman Dylan Morris uh, from Graham Kapowson. And then you have Ethan Garbers coming up from California, the brother of Chase Garbers. Um, Yeah. And and then for me, I mean, if I just had to, if I was a betting man, which I know people came here to hear my prediction, of course, um, I think that my prediction would just be, Jacob Sermon. And and the reason that I say this, hear me out, is um, first of all, just a talent to behold, just looks the part physically. Um, And I think if I were just to make some generalizations here, I think that he has, like, since high school, people have known that his heights are high. You know, he's got a very high ceiling. I think that if Jacob Sermon comes and wins this starting job, I think that is a good thing for the Washington Huskies. Uh, I think that that indicates that he rose to the challenge. Uh, and, and for that reason, I would guess that we will see Jacob Sermon under center on November 7th. All right. I mean, definitely the favorite to win the job, no question. And uh, But I'm going to go with another guy. Um, this is just kind of a – this is just a hot take, so you just got to – I'm just feeling it right now. I just, I just think Kevin Thompson's going to win the job. Um, and I, there's just nothing to prove for me right now that Jacob Sermon is quite there yet. I just don't think he is. Um, the, the physical, the physicality is all there. Um, the, the arm strength there, no question. Running a pro style offense. Yes. Makes sense. But I think what Jimmy Lake wants is explosion. And I don't think that necessarily means just down the field, you know, a lot of deep balls. I don't think that's what he's getting after. I think it's just a lot of, um, confusion mixed you know um different different play types and i think kevin thompson most experienced with a lot of with some quick wide receivers some big play wideouts i think he can make it happen um because you know you you got to keep an account for account out for his speed and this guy can run he ran for a lot last year ran for a lot of yards ran for a lot of touchdowns um and just the experience is there and in such a weird season i just see him being the safe bet as much as i want jake to sermon to win the job Oh, I just, I just don't know if he will. Yeah. So Jack and I on separate pages here, my, uh, my prediction is Jacob Sermon and Jack officially puts in Kevin Thompson as his, not a super uh, confident prediction prediction. It's just more of like a, 
gut feeling, hot take. I think Jacob Sermon has the potential, but I think Kevin Thompson's there right now. And I think with such a weird season, I just see him just getting the job day one. But then again, you know, multiple quarterbacks are probably going to roll out on the, on the first game. Like that's just probably what it's going to be. Um, so Sermon definitely has the shot and I think it's a close one too. Certainly. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we can end here, uh, pretty soon. Gotta, um, you know, wrap it up here on a work night. Uh, but Jack, give me one name you're excited to see on the field November 7th that people aren't talking about. Oh man, just one. I'm, I think I might steal your guy here. Um, Go ahead. I, th- I think, um, I'm going to steal your guy one second. I lost it at the top of my head. Um, I'm saying Cam Davis. Um, Ooh, exciting. I think, I think after what he did against Boise State, he had a couple big plays. One of them called back. Um, but with, I think that can be a phenomenal um, one-two punch with Rich Newton, Cam Davis. Obviously, Sean McGrew more of a third-down kind of guy. Um, but I think Cam Davis is going to be very, very good this year. And I'm just excited to see what he does behind a pretty good offensive line that's big and athletic. So I think he could have a phenomenal season. What about you? Yeah, that's a good prediction. I mean, for myself, I'm going to go um, kind of an interesting route here. This guy isn't necessarily going to put up the big numbers, but I'm excited to see a walk-on earning a lot of playing time this year in Jack Westover. Um, as the Huskies move to that pro-style offense, I see him uh, on occasion, especially short yardage situations, lining up as kind of that fullback for the dogs. Um and then occasionally, like he did last year, sneaking away um, on a play action near the goal line and hauling in a touchdown um, and then pointing east to his boys over at Mount Sinai High School. So that's my that's my uh, fun little addition right there. I, I like that pick. Not a sexy pick, but, you know, you definitely see him being a pretty valuable part of this offense, you know, especially with uh, what um, John Donovan wants to do. So I, I like it. Absolutely. Well, Jack, I appreciate you hopping on. Um, it, it was a fantastic time talking to you and just talking dogs. Excited for the Huskies to get things underway uh, with practice uh, and then fall camp, I think, officially starting next week. Nevertheless, uh, I'm extremely thrilled that the Huskies will have football in some capacity this season. Yes, sir. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.